0: Interesting news from the world of name, image, and likeness, a buzzword that's been out there about college athletes and being able to profit off of said name, image, and likeness. But what really happened today? Let's bring in my friend and colleague from Syracuse.com. You can read his work there digitally. You can follow him on Twitter as well. Chris Carlson back with us here, ESPN Radio. Christopher, how are you? Brent, I'm doing good. How about you? Living the dream, my friend. Um, What I like to hear. That's uh, that's the question I have for you. As not only how are you, but uh, what so what happened with this NCAA thing today? Because my read on it was it was somewhat of a step progress, but that was a very carefully worded statement the NCAA put out as well. Yeah. So
1: you know, you look at the kind of the the landscape, um, and a number of states have proposed legislation that would allow athletes to make money uh, off their name, image, and likeness. But they're all different. Um, California was the first, and it's the only one where the governor has actually you know, signed the bill. Um, it's set to go into place in 2023. Florida's got one that's supposed to go place, into place in 2020. New York's got one proposed that would give athletes 15% of the ticket revenue. So what the NCAA and colleges can't have is different rules... In every state because then you're playing by totally different rules Um, so this was kind of a signal from the NCAA today you know they sent out a statement saying that they have uh, agreed to they have voted unanimously to permit student-athletes participating in athletics the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name image and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model and that is the key part at the end consistent with the collegiate model because that is a complete—that is whatever the colleges decide it is. So they—they've essentially said we're going to let you make money, but we're but within our parameters, which we have not decided what they are yet. But hold on, states, let us figure this out. Um, and much. that to me is what happened
0: today. So there's that. There is the uh, carefully worded sentence to let Division One, Two, II, and Three. Consider changing their bylaws That doesn't mean they have to or will You can consider it and then this statement I thought was interesting too Board Chair Michael Drake from The Ohio State University said and I quote We must embrace change to provide The best possible experience for college Athletes you have had Like the better part of a decade And even longer when Ed O'Bannon was Knocking on your door to embrace this change You're not embracing it you've been forced Into it so I found that a little disingenuous
1: Yeah, you know, for anybody that says the NCAA or give colleges time to figure this out, that is the argument. Sports writers, legislation has been going on for years, and you have shown zero interest in changing any of it um, until now when states have proposed their own legislation that would force you to change. So the idea that colleges are doing this out of fairness or goodwill, I mean, it's clearly false. They are doing it because they are being forced to do it by um, legislation. And to me, what that signals is colleges are going to try to keep everything the same as much as possible, and kind of only do the things that they need to do to kind of get the states to back off, to get off their case, and to kind of allow business to go on as usual.
0: Now, I haven't read the story, Chris. Uh, I actually uh, just caught it out of the corner of my eye, but the- saw. <laughs> uh dabo swinney says he may quit college football if players get paid and other such uh, overreactions. That's, that's, that's an old one that's an old one <laughs> it's sure you will okay yeah I'll, uh, that's one of those uh, i'll believe it when i see it kind of things yeah. right there but look i i think one way or the other whether they were forced to or not this is maybe a half a step forward this is them <laughs> saying we need more time to figure this out yep. not consider it like okay but you said the key term in there, under the collegiate model. So whatever that ends up being, and I think that's a concession a lot of people had to make, Chris. I've discussed it with you off the air. I've discussed it on this radio show. Like The NCAA is not just going to open things up wide open and say, yep, go to it, have at it. Like They're going to want control over this as much as possible. And I think that's what they're examining right now.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, there are people like me, uh, total, you know, whack jobs that, that that think that there should be very little control, see what happens, um, and then if controls need to put, be put in, then we kind of figure out what controls need to be put in. Um, the NCAA probably naturally is going to try to do it the opposite way. They're, they're going to try to maintain as much control of the system as they can, uh, because right now they have all of the control. They're going to try to keep as much control as possible and kind of... You know, take away a couple of those controls and, and give it to the athletes, but but probably give away as little as, as possible. Um, and, and we'll see. The The, the question is probably going to be whether the college are going to go far enough to get the politicians to kind of back off. And that's going to be probably a key balancing point in this conversation.
0: Chris, uh, one more thought on this. Sure. Uh, boy, we could do a whole show on it. But yeah. In a, in a nutshell, what do you feel is the best name, image, and likeness procedure? Are we just talking, like, direct ways we can, you know, credit this? Like, player signs autographs at this store, gets paid this much money, player gets this percentage from jersey sales. Like, it's not a simple topic, but what have you heard that makes the most sense? Is it the Olympic model, perhaps?
1: So that, to me, is is the most natural Place to go. You know, the, the Olympic model where athletes could make as much money as they wanted um, outside of sports, um, or, or they could make as much money as possible outside of the schools, um, and, and the school system would remain the way it is. Um, it would not take much money out of the school's pocket, so it should appease the fears of everybody who says, What about Title IX? What about the non revenue programs? You know, colleges aren't going to lose much of their revenue in that way, Um, and you open up a whole world of freedoms for athletes, Um, freedoms that I think everybody in this country should have to make a buck. Um, The problem there, as far as some fans, some very reasonable fans, and the NCAA goes, is if you go to the Olympic model, the NCAA has said, we don't want this to impact recruiting, And, and... it's really, really hard to open up a name, image, and likeness system up where players are getting paid without it impacting recruiting because, naturally, players are probably going to go to places where they can make the most money off their name, image, and likeness. So how you can open up the system and not impact recruiting I don't know. That, that is going kind to of be a real kind of sticking point, and I don't know how that's going to get navigated.
0: Chris Carlson is our guest from Syracuse.com. Follow him on Twitter as well for all the latest. And timing was everything in, in this, Chris. So Saturday, the football team loses to Florida State. There's immediately, going back to that old expression here, uh, when's basketball season? Well, it was right after that game. And you wrote a column about this, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head in the sense of old habits are hard to break, and when a football team struggles particularly coming off a season like last year, well, what do people do? They're going to go to old reliable, and that's the basketball team. So if this football team loses Saturday and then goes into a bye week, I guess the question is, does it make a sound for the last three games of the season? Yeah. You know, I,
1: I went down to Marshall Street before the game, kind of tried to, try to capture the moment, right? The the, the moment that we turned from football to basketball season. And I thought there would be a play. I thought I'd... I'd kind of an engaged crowd, everybody watching the football game. But there would be a play in the third or the fourth quarter. It would decide the game and everybody would decide, oh, let's go up to the dome. Now it's basketball season. That was kind of what I was trying to, to find. Um, but unfortunately, it was 21 to three at halftime. And, and by the time I got down there, you know, nobody was interested in the football game. The onside kick went out of bounds and I saw like, one person react. Uh, you know, Florida they marched down the field and I saw one person react. Uh, now, granted, those people are probably more basketball than football fans, that they were getting ready to go to the exhibition basketball game. But those were the people that all jumped on board, presumably last year after 10 wins. And they were totally non-interested in this football team this year. Um, so I think it tells us that, that you know, uh, we're, we're Dino's going to have to string a couple of seasons together to to get rid of those old habits and and that old apathy um, and to truly create believers that can kind of continue believing um, through the hard times.
0: Now, you brought up who those fans likely were, and I think you hit it there, Chris. Those are the fans you want to find, because they're the ones that came back. They're
1: They're Syracuse Syracuse fans. Right. You know, they might be more basketball, but they're Syracuse
0: fans. But they're the ones that came back, paid more attention, or cared more. In that spot last year, they're invested in that football game. They're not just kind of keeping an eye eye on it, getting ready to see what's happening in exhibition basketball. So. Those are the fans I'm most curious about because they're the ones that are are harder to get back, but the easiest to lose, particularly if this team loses on Saturday. And people are saying, well, why did I buy season tickets again? I mean, this is a, a hard crowd to win back. You seemingly got them back, but now you got to keep them. That, that was the big challenge of this whole thing. So that being said, boy, four games to go, and we know the issues with this football team. Uh, do you believe in miracles, I guess? Is there anything left in there to make you say that uh, they can make a bull run?
1: Man, not that I've seen, I mean, I just, the offensive line issues, I don't know how you solve them in in four weeks and they're just so bad. Um, Now, you know, that said, I shouldn't say, I said no. And then I said that said, but, but they can beat Boston college this week. This is the game that they can win. And then you're in a situation where, you know, I don't know if people are excited about this, but maybe you steal one more and maybe you go to a bowl game based on your APR uh, uh, that doesn't excite me as a sports fan, but but it, it does give you those weeks of practice um, with those young players that, that we're often told matter. Um, so, you know, could that happen? Uh, I'm not betting on it, but maybe.
0: There was an exhibition game after that football game Saturday. There's an exhibition game tonight. Uh, it's getting darker earlier. Weather is going to turn, and all those signs that Syracuse basketball is here, as we've been discussing Uh, very early in the process here. We did get a a little bit of a look in Italy, too, as well. But what are some of those questions uh, bouncing around your head here as Syracuse gets ready to start the season?
1: Well, you know, if you want to talk positive, um, I think we're going to see a much more enjoyable offensive team to watch. Uh, There are a lot more players that really enjoy kind of sharing the ball. Um, The guards aren't kind of isolation-type players. Um, and, And to me, that really kind of you know, is a more enjoyable product to watch. They have a lot more shooters, um, so spacing is going to be a lot more enjoyable. But so I think they are going to be a more entertaining team on a nightly basis. Um, the, the concerns are, you know, the defense did not look great against Damon College. They're a young team, and, and defense is often kind of a thing that needs to grow over the course of, of kind of a, Kids' college career. Um, and then the turnovers from the point guard. You know, Bryson Goodeye and Jalen Carey look like the two primary point guards, and them committing eight turnovers against Damon, uh, you know, that is going to obviously have to get better. I but, you know, I think you saw some things you like and some things you worry about.
0: I'm right in line with you, and I think that. The defense, yeah, that's concerning, and we'll see how that comes together, but I think the turnovers are going to be a trend for a while while this team comes together, and like you said, I think the end result of that will be positive in the sense that, look, the last few years, there have been some teams that have been slow, that have been using the shot clock, that at times just haven't been fun. I think I can, I don't want to say it now because it's not even November, Chris, but I think this team moves faster, and it will be more fun to watch. That—that's a prediction yeah. I feel—I feel strong about.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think I think they're certainly going to go fast. You know, they—they—they they, they showed the press. They always do it a little bit this, this early in the year, but they've talked about it. Um, you know, pressing some more. Um, you know, and the amount of shooters and passers they have on the floor. I just—it's it, going to be kind of uh, more what you're used to watching, kind of at the NBA level as far as ball movement.
0: I think. Chris, always appreciate the time and the insight. Keep up the good work, my friend. We'll catch up soon. Anytime, Brent. Thank you, Chris. That's Chris Carlson, Syracuse.com. Speaking of which, so today, uh, my friend Nate Mink and I filmed our Orange Weekly show, which we do every week during football season, and then Mike Waters and I during basketball. Today was a little more special, though, and I believe you'll see it tomorrow at the very latest Thursday on Halloween – We filmed the annual Halloween episode today, and I don't want to give anything away, but uh, we may have outdone ourselves. Last year was pretty good. I think this year we stepped it up a notch, so I hope you can watch that uh, when it comes out. I'll certainly put it on my Twitter feed and all that fun stuff. We'll come back after this. You're on the block, ESPN Radio.